0: Hey everybody, how you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Morning? Not morning. Feels like morning. (laughs) Anyways, hopefully you are doing good. Have a good show for you today. Want to talk a little bit about how hard it is to trust yourself again when you're healing from a high conflict, narcissistic relationship. I'll tell you that uh, I got, uh, we'll get into this in a bit, but first let's jump into the normal spiel. Let me hit the right button. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who has gone through a rough experience where I developed some tips and techniques to uh, save my own sanity that I attempt to share with you to help you do the same. Do you think that uh, sounds like something that could help you hit the subscribe button, follow the podcast, all that good stuff. Remember only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder. Absolutely learn about them, but be incredibly cautious about throwing those terms around because it puts your credibility at risk. And when you do that, people will stop looking at the patterns of behavior and just see you trying to act like a, like a therapist. And that will ultimately hurt you. If you like what's going on here, you can support the channel by becoming a channel member. And when you do, you get special badges. Badges. We don't need no badges. Uh, custom emojis, name listed in the credits, access to member only events, and a member only Discord. If you want to get notified via text message when this show goes live over on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, you can text dsd live to 844-598-0012 and opt in to receive sms text messages of when a special stuff is going on and if you want to participate in today's show i will turn the phone lines on in a bit and the phone number for that is 1424-373-5483 1424 dsd live you scroll down in the description of the video, you will see a web link to uh, call in. The other cool thing about that is I've turned on the ability, another way to leave voicemail messages. So you can uh, also do that via there. Uh, While we're talking about that, let me just jump over here. No, not there. Let me jump over here. If you go to the website, dadstrivingdivorce.com, excuse me. Uh, and you'll get the, of course, sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> Opt in for the email. Anyways, on the uh, right side of the screen, you'll see send voicemail. So there is another way, and there's also a way to do it right here. It'll open up a little web interface and allow you to send me a voice note. Uh, my my hope for that had always been had always been to use that as uh, a source to be able to pull content as a question. Um, typically I get really personal stuff on that, so I haven't really done that. But if you want a question answered and you don't know if you would be able to make it to a live show, then that is another way where you could do it. And I could uh, play your voice on the uh, on the on the show. Anyways, so let's see we've got a few people in here already. Which is great, especially whenever I don't announce this. I guess I should. I was going to wait till later to do this, but I think I'll just mention this now. Obviously, the morning show thing did not work out well for me. It nearly wiped me out that first week. Uh, So I'm going to have to rethink rethink it. I think what I will attempt to do is do a show maybe once a week and then make that the podcast for the week. Uh, Anyways, it'll be evolving. I'm trying to try to find... A battle rhythm that works for me, that will be uh, that'll be helpful because I I just really enjoy doing all this stuff and I miss hanging out with you guys. Got a handful of people on here. We got Kevin on, and Nevin. That is a cool name. I like that. Uh, Sharon, Heidi, uh, Keith is commenting. Debbie, moderator Debbie is on. Tim is on. Um. <laughs> Nevin, I got it. Uh, you don't have to be a therapist to know someone's an a-hole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, what's funny, though, is we have such a hard time recognizing that that simple, that simple truth, which actually uh, will... Let me get over here. I don't have my lights on, so I, I, you'll notice if you're watching the video that as I uh, switch things, it'll... I got something on my shirt. It will... Uh, change the lighting on my face i don't know i might have to change that let me know in the comments if you're watching the video and you're not just listening to the podcast if uh if if the the lighting is distracting or are worrisome okay so i want to jump into a comment that i received uh 12 hours ago actually from uh from holman and uh i'm gonna try some here Oh, that was be the wrong screen let me click over here wow I'm just batting a thousand anyways I'm trying to do something to where to make it easier for me to read there we go there we go okay it says not too long ago this video was my scenario put into words in such a way that I finally understand now this is a comment off my a really old video from the the early days of the channel from my video five trace of a Five Traits of a Covert Narcissist, which uh, YouTube, uh, like last year, decided it was too controversial and took, said they won't won't promote it anymore, which is just an interesting experience. Anyways, but I'm glad to see that it is still helping people. That's the main point. Now, I want to know when and how to get past 21 years of buying into that what I had was not was really well, let me try that again what I had was real was not and I absolutely this is like when I saw this comment I mean this this spoke to me because I I can absolutely I can absolutely relate to this I don't feel as though I can trust myself enough to adon- identify a true f- friend or partner this was the biggest con job and I bought it now Holman, what I will tell you, buddy, and anyone else going through this. That is incredibly common. When I went through this scenario myself, I felt like I had lost my mind. I felt that my picker was completely, just completely wrong. And I actually remember talking to a couple of trusted friends where I said that I was so... What's the word I'm looking for? I was so... not trusting myself that I was going to defer pretty much all decision making to other people to 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 these core like one or two people per, one or two people that I really really trusted because I did not understand how I got in this scenario how I was duped for over two decades same very similar scenario to what uh Holman is talking about and I just didn't know know what end was up and the other problem or the other reality of this is it also felt kind of like what he's talking about i guess i can pull that back up on the screen what he was talking about is the fact that <clears throat> excuse me um it just you you feel like your trust is gone you, you just feel like there's no way that this is ever going to get better you've been so hurt and damaged That you will never recover from it. And that is an absolute real feeling. It's something that a lot of people go through. And the key on this, and the key point to remember, is it takes time. It takes time to allow yourself to heal. To allow yourself to grieve, grieve the immediacy of whatever the trauma is that's going on right now. Because the other, the other interesting part about this, as we all know, is it, this isn't this typically doesn't show itself, present itself as in like you've been married for twenty one years and one day it's like, hey, the relationship's over. You know, yeah, you know, I went left, you went right. You know, let's just move on. It always includes typically smear campaigns and uh, flying monkeys and all of the little interesting torment that comes with the destruction of one of these highly co- high-conflict, toxic relationships. And, and the key thing to remember is you may not even r- realize that it was that. You know? You may think that uh, it wasn't that bad, And what's happening right now, what's happening right now just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You feel like you just feel like you're living in the twilight zone. So here's the thing, and this is what I want to want to say to to this guy. Let me get back over here. Well, I'll start with it. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and bring this back up. When you're starting out on this, or if you find yourself struggling with this, maybe you're not, maybe you're not, maybe you're not in the in the super early stages of this. Maybe you've been going through it, but you're still in that mode. And, and to be perfectly honest, at the two and a half year mark, I was still in this mode. I was still having a lot of problems. This playlist right here, off my main YouTube page. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, what are they talking about? Search for Dad's Fiving Divorce, or DSD, on YouTube. And when you get to the main page, just scroll down to Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery. That playlist has about 40 videos, if I remember correctly, in it, and they all kind of feed off on each other. Hybrid no contact is, is a way, a methodology of communicating with your ex if you still have kids. If you don't have anything, if you don't have anything tying you to that Please just go no contact. And then these other videos, absolute thinking for recovering. That's where it's incredibly important that you pick a reason of why this happened in your own head that you don't share with a ton of people. And let's say that hypothetically is, is you're like, oh, my God, I've researched a little bit of borderline personality disorder. And and there's a picture of my ex right there. And then if that's the case, then you turn around and you say, okay, my ex has this. And in your mind, you're like 1,000% diagnosed, it is this. And the reason that that's important to do something like that, to really have that like absolute black and white thinking, which I know we are not supposed to do at all. But in this scenario for the recovery part of this, when you're really struggling, you have to, you have to remind yourself of what you're dealing with and you have to remind yourself and to, to go back to what uh what he was holman was saying you know i don't feel i can trust myself enough to identify a true uh, a true friend or partner you know w- when you're when you're in that mode having a thing to fall back on to say okay like because i used to do this when i would when i would look at my my, my relationship and say well You know, it can't be all. It can't be all fake. You know, there were these times where we were happy, and then I literally would have to play this mantra in my in my head that would say, "Dwayne, now you know that your ex is one. You know, was diagnosed with X Y Z, and and as a result of that, those patterns of behavior fit into all of that." So it's like if I was thinking, of if I would, I'd have these days where I'm like, but she made me iced tea and she hated iced tea, so she must have really cared. And I literally, when in my own mind, my inner little voice would say, she did it for manipulation. It wasn't real. It wasn't a genuine act of kindness. It was a facade or part of that patterns of behavior that these people have that they do this, and it's fake and you need to accept that now the problem with that two parts one I have no idea you know as far as I know X has never been diagnosed with anything she has no problems perfectly fine but that wouldn't was not helping me get anywhere out of this pit of despair and making me move forward and then black hole thinking and these other ones really help. So if you're struggling with that, I would encourage you to, to look at that. The other thing is if you go to my webpage, dadsurvivingdivorce.com, I have a resource tab. If you click on that resource tab and it and it loads because every time I do this and I'm live, it generally loads, it doesn't load well. i got to reorder these things. But this book here, Rebuilding When Your Relationship Ends by Bruce Fisher and Robert Arberti incredibly helpful for me to understand myself and some tasks to work through and to really look at what was going on in my life and where I was at. And I could actually see a lot of parallels. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, that's me. I'm having that problem. And it there was exercises to help you work through that. Coupled with that. I absolutely, and, and use these hypnosis downloads, <clears throat> excuse me from uncommon knowledge, uh, I have the relationship, end of the relationship pack listed, but the ones that I've specifically used, Mend Your Broken Heart, Getting Over Divorce, Let It Go, Unrequited Love. And I think one of them that we used to, that I used to have may not be available anymore, but the, the main two for me that I listened to over and over and over and over and over and over and over again was Unrequited Love and Let It Go. Now, let me just say, well, okay, while I'm still on that, and I'll, and I'll back up for a moment, and then if you're in the part of the, if you're in the phase where you're um maybe let's say you're not sure and you're like, well, am I really in a toxic relationship? I don't think I'm in. I worked on this project with Paul Coliani. Uh he runs the Overwhelmed Brain podcast. He made this mean work mean workbook. And it's a tool to help you if you're questioning whether you are dealing with a mean person, where I think if, if I remember correctly, that's where he got the name. It's been a while. Uh that is another thing that uh, can help you get some clarity on what you're dealing with. And he's got a fabulous podcast, so you ab- absolutely should check it out. Uh, just so you know, all of those things that I just listed, uh, all are affiliate links. So if you happen to follow, me, those, follow any of those links, I get a little, little, little kickback, I guess, that helps support the channel. But again, everything I put on there uh, really helped me and I used or I worked on like with the mean workbook. But this is the thing I wanted to say. Let me bounce it back up on. This is the thing I wanted to mention about this, this hypnosis download stuff, okay? Um, and, and it's a double whammy. Well, what I mean by that is prior to this, I thought therapists were witch doctor quacks. Zero value is what I thought. had no desire to work with a therapist and thought it was a waste of time and money. Equally so, equally so, I thought uh, hypnosis was was hocus was also hocus pocus and would have no value. So I mean, don't. My point of this is: do not take out of this what I'm talking about right now. That these were things that were already in my wheelhouse, already in my in my toolkit, that I had used throughout my life to help me through things. They they were not. And to be perfectly honest, I had a friend of mine. I know I've told this story before. I had a friend of mine when I was a couple years into this, and I was spiraling out of control, and I was going to therapy. And I felt that was as though I was not making any progress. I was effectively, coming back over here, I was effectively in this mode that the comment was about. You know, I felt like I, I didn't know which end was up and I couldn't let it go and I couldn't, I couldn't move forward. I was stuck. And a buddy of mine said, man, you got to try something different. You know, you, you have to, you you know, what you're doing isn't working and you're just, you're just like stuck and you're just in this, in this infinite feedback loop. And he mentioned, he goes, maybe try hypnosis. I mean, and, and again, he was somebody who, as far as I know, Was not somebody that would have routinely turned to that as a resource for help, and it did help. It did actually help me. It was a combination of the book, the combination of the therapy, the combination of the hypnosis files, the combination of journaling. uh, You know, watching at that particular time, watching a binge, watching YouTube videos. I back in the day, I used to watch Richard. Well, okay, back in the day. I mean, we're talking eight, nine years ago, there wasn't a lot of resources out there. So my, my go-to YouTube channel back in the day was uh, Richard Granion, if I'm saying his name right. And I would listen, I mean, I would just repeat his videos. Hell, I'd even download them, pull the audio out, put it on my phone, and I, so I could just put it on repeat and just drill that into my head. I did that so much that my inner voice started to sound like him. My point is this, if you're stuck, you have to look for additional resources or uh, different techniques to try to help you get your life back on track. If what you're doing right now isn't working, you ha- and that's where I was at, you have to try something new. But getting back to, so all of that still doesn't necessarily fix feeling like you can trust yourself again. What happens is, is as you start going through this and you start healing and you start having an understanding of what you've gone through, then you start to see things, right? Then you start to see and to realize, oh my God, I I I didn't have good boundaries. I did not have a strong, I don't know if will is the right word, but a strong boundary to say, no, I'm not gonna, you know, this is unacceptable. And this has to change, or we're gonna have a serious problem. I was living in such fear at that point that I was afraid to put up a boundary because I was afraid that the relationship would end, the marriage would end, and I was afraid that this is the bet that that particular moment that it was the best that it would ever be, and that I would regret if I stood up for myself and had a boundary that it would sabotage, in my mind at the time, the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, again, I was exactly like Holman. I was basically wrapped up in the biggest con ever, ever of my life. And I was unwilling to take a uh, take a step away from that it took me it took me 2 decades to get to the point that i realized the relationship was so toxic that the risk of having a boundary and saying no i no i won't do this anymore that I was willing to take the risk. And, and to be crystal clear, that was not, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have somebody in rotation. I didn't have anything. And to be honest, I wanted that relationship. I wanted that two decade plus relationship to last forever. I wanted the ex to love me. I wanted to prove to you know I want my my inner child my subconscious wanted to prove that I was worthy of having somebody really care about me, and it was it was it was it, the thing is is it was such a leap of faith that. I, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the later of the Rostark, move part of the movie where where Indiana Jones has to walk across that gla- uh the glass bridge, right? And something was talking about a leap of faith or whatever, and he just said, okay, I'm just gonna step out, and he just on the edge of this cliff, he steps out, saying, okay, I'm gonna believe that there's gonna be ground underneath me. That's kind of the way I felt when I did that. I I had no. I was not sure. I had no um, no confidence that it was that I was making the right move. There was a lot of fear associated with that. And then to be perfectly honest, I mean, except for when I finally did it, I felt great. I was like, oh my god, this is. I mean, like, oh my god, I'm actually going to be free. I'm going to be break free. I'm going to be away from this constant chaos. I'm going to have an opportunity to 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 show my kids that there could be a different life that it doesn't have to be this this craziness all the time. And I felt like a million bucks for about a week and a half <laughs> until, until the mass completely dropped and I got a taste of what I was really dealing with. And it freaked me the hell out. And I'm sure anybody listening to this right now can probably absolutely relate to that because that's otherwise you, wouldn't, <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't end up, end up here. So you just ha- you have to give yourself time to work through that. I- I'll tell you, you know, one of the other things. Uh, let me see if I can pull this back up. One of the other things that I noticed, and it, and it probably kind of frustrated my therapist for a little bit when I was reading. When I was reading this. Um, oh, I didn't know I could do that. That's cool. Uh, when I was reading this book, the one that's on the screen is Rebuilding When Your Relationship Ends. I also was consuming other content. I think I I had. Purchased or downloaded a book about uh, it was a dating book, and it was talking about attraction, and it was and, and it's kind of like what the build the rebuilding kind of talked about the same thing, and as I was reading it, it was like it was the the, the dating part book was basically saying, and it reinforced what this was saying too, and kind of reinforced what my therapist was saying, although I do have to say that whenever I told her this analogy, she wasn't super thrilled with it, but. Track with me for a moment. One of the examples I remember out of that other book was like, you know, if you're walking down a, a, down a street and you pass two, if you're a guy, and you pass two women and they walk by you and they giggle and they laugh, do you think that they're laughing at you? You know, I mean, do they think that they found something ridiculous about you? I mean, like, in other words, are, do you think subconsciously that people are making fun of you or do you feel confident that it wasn't that, or that the you know the, they were you know enamored with you or something like that? Now I get as I'm saying this sounds super narcissistic, but the reality is, and what, what the book was saying is like whenever your confidence level goes up, you attract a different person. The same thing on this on on the rebuilding. Whenever you start moving up, I wish I could pull up the tr- the, the chapter on it where it shows the building blocks. But when you start moving up that, you start, it's not so much that you attract better people. I mean, ultimately you do, but the reality is, this is the way I understand it. The reality is your boundaries go up. Your BS detector is more finely tuned. Your inner voice and your subconscious is higher, (coughs) excuse me, lack for a better word, and as a result of it, if you see some people who are like, oh man, I don't, I don't need that crap in my life. You filter it out. When the narcissistic toxic person comes up to you and they, and they test and they throw out a little lure and you look at it and you're like, oh hell no, I'm not biting. I mean, I know what that is. I, I can see, I can see the bait. I can see the hook. And, but whereas five or six years ago or whatever, maybe like what we're talking about on the top of this, the conversation on this you know, in the past, you wouldn't have seen it. You would have thought it was genuine. And when the when the boundaries were being pushed, or the boundaries were being tested, you would let it slide, which then lets them get in more and more. My point is, is as as you work on all of this, as you as you go through all of this stuff, you start to learn more. I guess another ex- analogy I would I would look at it You know, when you were in kindergarten and they, well, I don't know, whatever grade they start doing at, you know, math, could you at that level do senior level high school math or college math? No, you don't have the skill set. You're at the, you know, you're, 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 you're way down, way down in the weeds. So, so if hopefully I can, I can get Holloman to see this but uh if um if you find that helpful let me know i'd like to know what you think about this uh i know that this is a really hard thing to go through and the really sad part is the people who are going through this right now you know and maybe th- and if you are and if you're listening to this my guess would be All of this stuff that I'm talking about is probably blowing your mind because nobody, nobody else understands it. Everyone else will tell you, what's your problem? You need to get over it. You need to let it go. You need to just go out and jump into a new relationship. For the love of God, do not do that. Give yourself time to heal. You need to be okay with yourself. You need to be able to build the boundaries. You need to be in a situation in your life that if someone is in your life, your peace, your sanity is more valuable than the person being in your life. What I mean is, is that way when you have somebody that's pushing your boundary, you and your mind are saying, you know what? I'm okay alone. I've done it. I'm okay with it. I can go to a restaurant by myself. I can go to a coffee shop by myself. I can go to a movie by myself. I do not need someone there to make me feel comfortable or whatever. And then you can say, you know what? This behavior I'm not putting up with. Knock it off right now or we're done, right? If you wanted to, you know, to have a conversation about it and then you uh you know that is when you start to trust yourself again that's when you start to realize that you can you know your your spidey detector or your your bs detector or your narcissist detector is finally finally tuned not finally tuned but finally tuned and you get your life back i would really encourage you guys on that book uh, seriously if you have not uh, I mean, if you don't need it, that's fine. But if you're at this stage, check this thing out. And uh, I mean, I know it's old. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me try to pull it up in a new tab. See what it does. Will it, will it pop up? Let I me mean, let me do this so I don't I don't dock myself or something. Um, when does it say it? I'm trying to see if I can see when it. 2016 actually, I thought it was older than that anyway, so here's the uh, what do you call it the uh, um, Amazon link for it so I think I got maybe I don't remember if I got the paper uh the uh the digital book or not, but anyways <clears throat> all right okay, so let me go through well I see let me see uh, breaking through, I'm assuming you're you're talking to me, says, you are literally, literally reading my mind. Man, if you're talking to me, what I'll tell you, man, is all of these things, all these scenarios, they follow the same patterns. They, the, the toxic people follow the same patterns and we typically follow the same patterns. That's why, you know, that's why it's, it's easy to kind of detect what's going on because we all respond the same way. You know, when someone's, Uh, bounces out of one of these things the the thoughts and the feelings and the struggles that we have are all very similar so it makes it easier to see the patterns and to address them all right let's see oh just to reiterate reiterate am i saying that correctly remind everybody if anybody wants to call into the show Uh, I'm going to try to get back to the phone number. No, not that one. You can dial in by dialing 1424-373-5483, 1424-DSD-Live. And uh, if you're outside of the United States, or if it's a long-distance call, you can use the web interface, which, if I remember correctly, is... Actually, let me scroll down, it'll probably tell me... It is call in call dot com slash show slash dsd live. I got to figure out a better way to make that because that's uh, not super easy to remember. So let me go through some of the comments. Oh, and the phone number is scrolling down on the screen. So if you are watching this, you can see that. Scrolling across ticker on the bottom. Up your food game. Let me find that comment. I see that over here. Uh, <laughs> says, DSD, it's called uh, Nardar. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my God. DSD, the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. You know what? And that's a really great comment. Let me just pause on that for a moment because the interesting, what he's talking about, up your food game, is saying, this is the way I look at it, this is, one of the most painful, difficult experiences you will ever go through. You have a choice. You can choose to live in that pain for the rest of your life. You can choose to be angry, bitter, hurt, and not make one minuscule step forward. And that pain will stay the same. You might be able to hide it. You might be able to ignore it. You might be able to even put it in a box and pretend it didn't happen. But if you do not work on yourself, if you do not put in the effort and the work, what inevitably will happen, and it's the saddest thing in the world, at least in my opinion, I mean, I know there's a lot of sad things, but typically you have a high, high, high probability that you will replicate the situation and the universe, God, whatever you believe in, is going to give you another opportunity to feel it worse. Because everyone I've ever seen who did, the, did this again, the second and third time around, were a hell of a lot worse than the first experience. And you will have another opportunity to feel that pain worse to give you another opportunity to work through it. Please, for the love of God and country, work on yourself. Fix it. Heal the boundaries. Or not heal the boundaries. Heal yourself so that you can have healthy boundaries. Because that will change everything. And I'll tell you, everyone I've talked to who's done that, their life on the other side of this is better than they ever imagined it could be. I mean, think about that. I mean, I've been doing this channel for over six years now. So back in the day, I knew this, but I didn't have any data points to see other people back it up. But I've been doing this long enough now that I've made, that I've worked with people. I've worked with coaching clients. I've worked with other YouTubers and content creators. Sometimes I ask this question of them on the show. Uh, I absolutely ask the question, privately. And it'll always basically be the same thing. It's like, hey, this was the worst experience we ever, you know, you ever had, right? Yeah. Well, after all this work, what do you think of your life now? And a lot of them, almost all of them have said to me, you know, this sounds weird, but I kind of am glad I went through this because had this experience not happened, I would have never been forced to do the work to change, to transform, change, transform their life. So, anyways, I feel like I just went on a rant. (laughs) Let me look at some of the comments for the people who are on the show. Yeah. Breakthrough One On One says, I, "I, I fell to my knees. The pain was so unfathomable. I will absolutely relate to that. Absolutely, it is. This is. These experiences cause you the darkest times that you will ever experience. I'm trying to think if I, there's a." I wonder if this is in. The, I'm trying to remember if this is. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to go back to. This is like the second page of that narcissist uh, narcissistic abuse recovery playlist. Having bad days is talks about that. Uh, Beware of the nice. That's more about whenever they are, uh, um, you know, trying to suck you back in. And I think here. Let me do it this way. I think I have some videos on dark days. Let me see if I can find that. Actually, I can leave this up on the screen. And this is a good little example. If you're, on a, if you're on a computer in Chrome or whatever and you go to someone's YouTube channel, there's a search thing, and you can actually search directly on their channel. And, you know, I have videos about, about this too, Crawling Out of the Darkness of Narcissistic Abuse. This is an old, two years ago. Uh I think I have one that's that actually talks about dark days. Uh, this is the problem whenever you have over a thousand videos trying to find find uh, old topics. However, I will say this is if there's certain things you're looking for and you want to see if I've covered it, just go to the channel and, and do a search uh, directly on that. Let me go back to there. So it looks like moderator Debbie has highlighted comments. Okay, I don't see any questions though. Oh, I do like this one. Well, not like likes not the right word, but um, yeah. Here we go. Nevin said, "I kept. Uh, yep, I kept lowering my standard." standards until i realized i was going the wrong direction huge waste of time and energy and and i i have god i've seen so many people do that they'll they'll like they'll meet somebody and they'll get sucked into the love bombing and it's the greatest thing ever the greatest relationship ever then three months later it's blown apart at the seams and then they'll disappear and then they'll come back and it'll be then it'll be a period of time to where they're like, they wave off of relationships and then you know, a few months later they're in another relationship and it's just this vicious cycle that just keeps going and going and going. So let's see if there's any. If you guys want to get my attention on the live stream, just do at DSD, put question in there so I know you're directing it at me and I will attempt to cover it. We've got a, we've got a little bit more time on the show. There was another comment or another comment uh, Video comment that I think will hit here in a minute. Keith says, uh, nailed it, Nevin. Whoops, that didn't come up on the screen. Nailed it, Nevin. There are a ton of therapists I could dance circles around. Fact, 50 years of deep, in-depth healing, clearing, restoring, uh, and related. Good for you, Kevin. Transforms your life. It absolutely does. Oh, I'm, I'm I have my filter on, so I'm not seeing everything. So let me let me undo that. Scroll down to the bottom. I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom. Oh, Rebecca, this is a good one. The dark is never as bright without the darkness. That is true. If you didn't if you didn't have anything to compare it to, then you wouldn't notice a difference. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the crazy part about this, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this as well. Had, like in my scenario, had the ex backed off just a little bit, I would have probably gladly gone back in. I mean, I was starting to create some boundaries. That's what set this whole, this whole thing on fire. But had she pretended just a little bit, uh, I was willing. I didn't want the relationship to end. I didn't want to be single i didn't you know i wanted the fantasy the illusion to be real anyways oh geez djh great comment says dsd if a person goes back to their toxic ex please do not ever do this they will take breadcrumbing. Bread and here's the thing, and this is the reality. If you go back into a toxic relationship, most of the time what happens is they realize, and let me pull this off the screen so you can see me a little bit better. They realize that your threshold was here. Let me see if I can put it was here. If you go back, they're going to ramp it up to say, okay, well, well, I did the, I, I went from, you know, to here and they put up with it. Maybe they had a boundary. Maybe they said, Hey, no. And then it went and it'll just keep going higher and higher and higher until they either you just completely fall apart or, uh, finally say no enough is enough. Thank you so much for the super chat, up your food game. Uh, it says here's another way to get Dwayne's attention. <laughs> I'm a little. Uh, st- I don't even know what that word is, but I know everything helps. Oh, it's a little stent. skint, skint, small. Okay, all right, thanks, man. And I'll just say I didn't realize that's what it was. I didn't. I didn't read it before I put it up. However, uh, super chats I generally do uh, put up. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Ah, Sharon says bread crumbing is the bare minimum. Don't accept it. Here, let me do this. Don't accept it. It's you're worth more than that. The problem is, is that these people are are masters at bread crumbing, and then when they sprinkle a little bit of something on you you're you think it's so amazing you gobble it up and instead of realizing that it's crumbs you think it's filet mignon and i mean and i'm not i'm not passing judgment on anybody i'll tell you i i did the same thing i watch my kids go through the same thing it is really 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 rough so give yourself time. You know, if you're struggling with this, hopefully channels like this one or this, these type, this type of content speaks to you, knows or helps you feel that you're not alone, and that there's a pathway through this. Because the hardest part on this is that people do not understand. When you talk to other people, they don't get it. And they'll give you really bad a voice. Bad a voice? What the hell is a voice? (laughs) What what accent was that? Was I channeling a past life? They'll give you really crappy advice. (laughs) My God. The same thing happened to me. Hell, I had my kid's therapist at one point. Literally told me a couple years into this. You just need to go get laid. I'm like, what? You know, fortunately, the therapist I was working with said, you absolutely don't need to do that. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get yourself back on track. Really back on track. Which brings me to another little topic I want to hit. And that is the reality that you have to give yourself the time to heal from this. And you also need to look for indicators that you're not done, are not, not finished healing. For instance, the example that I often use to describe this is if you interact with somebody, not your ex, though your ex can be part of it, If you interact with somebody and you find that you have an emotional flashback, a post-traumatic stress disordered response, although that sucks, take that as an indicator to say, I'm not quite done. I have more I need to do. I have more I need to process. I need more I need to work through to where this doesn't affect you anymore. And what I will tell you and this is a tough one, because early into this, or even in the middle of it, even, even a couple years into it, which is what I would consider the middle, you are more than likely going to still have flashbacks. You're still going to have things that'll happen that'll just get to you. One thing I'll just say that that is a, a very unfortunate and real example of this is you might have some distance from your ex. You might have been able to Put her, put them, I won't say her, put them out of your mind and start feeling like you're pulling your life back, back up. And then you have an interaction. You have to go to a school function or you run into the person out in the real world, IRL. And you find yourself having all these emotions that you haven't processed creep back up. Because you put them in a box and you didn't deal with them. Use that as an indicator. I did that a lot myself. There was I can remember early on feeling like I'd gotten everything under control, everything was okay. And the ex took her bony little finger and went boop right in my eye, and it was as if nothing had ever changed. So that was my indicator that, huh, maybe maybe I wasn't healed from that. But I'll tell you now, doesn't I mean there are things that happen that I I I don't have I don't have the emotional response I used to. Sure, I'm like, man, this sucks. You know, it's kind of like this is annoying. I have to deal with it, but it doesn't get to me nowhere near the way it used to. All right, let's see. I don't see any questions. Ah. <laughs> uh. JJ says, worst advice I got was, quote, just hang in there. Things will get better. You know, and, I, and I, as you say that, I mean, there are times where I say hang in there. And the problem I always had when people said that to me is it, the, my immediate thought afterwards was how? How is this going to get better? You're sitting over here giving this, this, out, this outstanding epiphany advice. But you haven't been through this. Your situation wasn't like this. You're not dealing with the loss uh, on so many levels. You're not dealing with the false, or the the smear campaign, which generally means also false allegations. How does it get better? I remember my dad said that to me. Ah, it'll get better. It's got to. You got to. Things have got to be. You know. You have to like get really knocked down, and then you crawl out. It's like, well, how do you crawl out? Well, you just do. And it's like, what? 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 And. But the reality is, if you do the work, if you hang in there and do the work, things do get better. For instance, an example. When I was going through my, my situation and I had three young kids under the dole and I finally got 50-50 custody and I was paying an exorbitant amount of money, uh, paying for two houses and, and, you know, I was basically paying for everything. Um, I, was, I was circling toilet bowl And I remember thinking... My, my life is, is everything I've worked for is ruined. The family I was wor- hoped for is ruined. The ability to take care of my kids is ruined. My retirement is ruined. Everything, everything is ruined. And when people would say just, you know, it gets better. I'm like, how the, f- I'll say it that, well, you know what? This show has been going on for a while. So maybe YouTube won't, won't, har- won't harpoon me. How the fuck does it get better? How does it get better? I've lost everything. I'm, I'm knocked back down to when I was, you know, making, or, you know, the life I had is in my early 20s, and now I'm in my late 40s. How the F does this get better? And that's the way I was thinking. And every day I was angry. Every day I was mad. Every day I was second guessing everything. Every day was a spiral of poo. I don't know if that makes sense, but, but this is what I'll tell you. As I put in the work, as I rebaselined my life, as I implemented, as I implemented these techniques that I was making up on the go, the hybrid no contact, the absolute thinking, the black hole thinking, you know, this thing of realizing I was in love with the illusion, uh, the struggling with wanting to reach out to the ex, not getting sucked back in, all of those things as I put in the work, as I, I mean, I was doing intent. Well, I don't know if intense is the correct word. I was doing weekly therapy with my therapist. I literally at one point was thinking, oh my God, do I need to be committed because I am losing my freaking mind? And as I started to work on this, as I did that, as I was reading you know uh divorce poison as i was reading rebuilding when your relationship ends as i implemented the hypnosis as i imp- did all of that stuff my life started to change and what what the crazy part about this is i did not reach the the point to where i was feeling better after the kids were off off of family support after you know the the support numbers change after you know I can't even think. I mean, all the reality is is all of those things that were a problem are were st- are still there. Retirement still gone. I mean, money is not exactly great. I can look at. I mean every. I mean Debbie knows this. If you guys don't know, Debbie's my girlfriend. She's also a moderator. We talk about this a lot, looking at houses, and I'm like just a little bit far enough. And there's a piece. Of, I don't get mad at it. Re- I mean, I don't get like, you know super angry at the ex, but I look at it and go, damn it. You know, it's like, had this not happened, I would have been able to buy a house, but I can't. And the numbers are keep going up and up and up, you know, faster than I can recover from anything. And the point is this, is that after putting in that work, let me see if I can find that comment that I had. It's been scrolling. So I may, I may have lost it. But as I put in the work, I started to find my peace. And I made my peace with it. And I didn't get angry anymore. And I didn't, you know, I, I, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I can sit here and I can look at my situation and get angry at the, that the ex did this to me and did this to us, the kids and everything. I'm just, and I left, right? I mean, so don't, you know, it's not like I was living the fantasy and uh, she kicked me out. And, you know, I know that's typical. But I mean, I'm the one that said, okay, I can't live like this anymore. And my life is still better than it was in that nightmare. And it's one of those things that you can't really explain to somebody. But there is, if you, by doing it, it changes everything. Anyways, Hopefully, that makes sense. Rebecca says, DSD, mine literally convinced me to get committed, which I absolutely can see them doing, and lost it. Uh, they let me out. See, they, they convince you that you're going nuts. They convince you that you're the problem. Mine I did. I mean, I God guys, I remember I can remember thinking, Oh, I'm such a horrible person. I'm so lucky that I have this beautiful little butterfly. You know, I mean you know, I'd have nothing if it wasn't for her, you know, and not realizing that that you know, I was slowly being I don't know, grilled. I don't know what the right word is, but I mean I was slowly being destroyed. Nevin says, I still ignore people when they straight up tell me they're red flags, but I just walk away now. And and that's a great point, Nevin, and I'm glad you brought that up, is, guys, these people tell us who they are. (laughs) I guarantee you, at some point early on, they will tell you, you know, if if when I take this mask off, I'm a demon. And I'll be like, wow. And it's they do they absolutely do but they say it in such a way that you're like no you're just being hard on yourself but like nevin's just said once you realize this you don't sit there and fight with them you absolutely don't make excuses and you just walk on by you're like yeah you have fun (laughs) you have fun with that and uh, have a nice day Breakthrough 101 says, D.C., I still can't figure out who discarded who. After I noticed him pulling, sorry, him putting on the self, I went radio silent on every level. Okay, great point. I haven't had this comment come up in a long time. Here's Here's the reality. There's two different things. Discard, discarded someone means something. And going no contact means something completely different discarding somebody you're doing it to punish them and to make them feel bad with the intent of trying to evoke a reaction however when you put up a boundary and go no contact people can say sometimes they get it confused with discarded but it's not you know well unless unless you did it to punish the person so it's all about the intent so if you are not talking to somebody and you've set up a boundary, and you're gone no contact, you have not, you're not, uh, that's not the same as a silent treatment, and that's not the same as discarded. It's all about the intent of why you do it. And, and so I'm, let me just be, let me be crystal, crystal clear. When you do something to protect your sanity, and to try to get peace in your life, And that is the reason why you're doing it. That's a healthy decision. However, if you are doing it to try to punish the person, like I'm not going to talk to them. They've made me mad. They've hurt my feelings. And I am going to intentionally disregard any text, phone call, any attempt at communication because I want them to pay. Completely different intent. Now, I can understand that probably a lot of people will do that in some level. And, again, that is one of those things where you're kind of, when you're doing that and you're like in a lower vibration, I mean, I don't talk, I mean, I don't even really understand that, but I think people say that a lot. If you're you're in that lower state, then maybe that might feel like an appropriate thing. But as you start maturing and growing, you'll realize that that just adds more chaos and jeopardizes your personal peace. And you'll realize it's not worth it and you won't do it. You won't be doing it for that reason. So let me look at some more of the comments. Gamer Christina says, DST, will I ever find a second date? Whenever I try to explain why I don't have, see my child, I'm seen as a bad person. So here's the thing. Um, There's a lot of games going on in relationships nowadays. Uh, If you... In some ways, it probably would be good for women to watch some of that, like the—I'm uh, trying to think—33 uh, Secrets, um, I, I, you know, Coach Greg Adams, you know, whatever. Because what's happening nowadays is people—the the whole relationship game—is completely different. you there's a lot of players out there and there's a lot of targets out there. and everyone has to value themselves, right? And what I mean is is that you know, Christina, if you are finding a situation to where you're dating a lot and you're never getting a second date, I would encourage you to start working more on yourself. Don't worry about relationships and I, and I know I mean, I know there's an age thing. I mean, to be perfectly honest, women have it harder because if you are wanting to have kids and you're wanting to have a family there, you know, every, every year you get older, it gets more complicated. I mean, I had me and my wife, ex-wife had children late. So we had kids in the thirties and we weren't even thinking about the complications that that we were lucky that we didn't have except for our son, but that was more for a problem with his birth, not as a genetic thing. You know, and I think the, the reality is, is that, see, here's the thing. I mean, and if you listen to some of those channels, of like, like 33 Secrets guy, which I'm sure you'll probably find completely annoying, you know, there's a lot of good dudes out there. There are a lot of, a lot of people who probably are more aware of what's going on out there, but there's still people out there that want relationships, that want marriages. They want long-term relationships. They probably want a family. And you're, if you, and this goes for anything in life. If you are doing something and you're, you're seeing a trend, you have to do something different. For instance, when I was talking about myself earlier in this thing, when I was noticing that nothing was working to help, to help me emotionally move forward, I had to try something different. If you're a person who's sitting there dating and all the relationships are going the same way, you have to try something different. And you have to be okay with it. And, and, and what I will tell you, and this is blowing my mind. I've seen this happen. And I learned this way early in my life. And I used to tell people this even before I was going through this scenario I'm going through. And that is as soon as you get to the point that you're not freaked out about relationships and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, you know, you're, you're, you're in that fear mode. You're like, I'll never find anybody. And I'll, and I'll roll this back into a, a story here in a minute every person who i've said this to like look you got to get to the point where you're okay with yourself and you're not looking you're not desperate and you're having fun and every time that happens the person shows up okay story time uh god i can't remember how long you know back whenever debbie and i met before we met or the period of time before that I went through a phase where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to find somebody. I need to prove to the world that I'm still worthy of love. And I couldn't find anybody. The dating sites, nobody would respond to me. Um, you know, no, it's like I couldn't make any progress anywhere. You know, maybe when I was out in, in the real world, there was a couple of opportunity, not opportunities, but there was a couple of interactions where it was like, oh, wow, you know, there was some chemistry there. But because of the money, I didn't have the money to drive into town. I didn't, have, I didn't have the money to do jack shit. I couldn't go on a date. I couldn't take somebody to coffee. I didn't have enough gas to drive someplace, and I lived out in the middle of nowhere. Then I finally made my peace with it. I went through all that stuff I was telling about. Go, rolling the clock back, talking about when I was doing the therapy. You know? So when I was at that point when I was doing that weekly therapy, and then things started getting better, and working with the therapists was like, hey, you know what, I don't think I need to come next week. I'll come ne- the week after next. Then it was like, well, let's take a two-week break. You know, let's do a three-week break, and then we'll do it. Then it was like, for a while there, we were doing these once-a-month things, and then finally, it was like the therapist is like, "Um, we've we've kind of worked on everything, you know. I mean, there's really no reason, you know, you're, you're kind of you're you're good, you know, at least at that, st- you know, I don't say at least at that stage, but uh, and things got better." And then I got to the point where I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm I don't I wasn't doing the online thing anymore. I had the accounts. And the funny story, so for you guys who have stuck it out for for an for what an hour into this conversation, how Debbie, how long has it been? I can't pull up my my thing. I, I get I get screwed up on the thing. I think we've been together nine years, eight years. I can't remember." I get, you know, I think the kids are in the house. It's like a Saturday, Saturday morning. And what I had done at that point where I was at at that stage in my life is I'm like, I was not looking on the dating profiles like match.com. And if somebody looked, I would, uh, I'd get a notification. And what had happened is two weeks before I got a notification. So this is how this started. So a couple weeks before all this, the, the main story happens, I get a bling. Actually, I get a text. And it's like, hey, baby, why are you on, uh, you know, why are you on plenty of fish? And it was somebody from work. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, no. And I'm like searching for my future ex-wife to buy a house for, right? Something sarcastic like that. And, uh, and I immediately I deleted that account. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I forgot it was there. And I'm, In my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just purge all this stuff. I'm just done with it. You know, I don't need it. I got to the point where I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm liking my life. I still had three kids under child support. I was still paying a ton of money, but I was, I was like, you know what? Life is getting better. Things are going are are okay since 2014. So that would be eight years. Okay. Almost Am I doing the math, right? (laughs) So, so this whole thing happened like into December, the, the part I'm telling. So I, I go through this thing and this is what happens. This is what happens. I think it was the 10th. I'm trying to remember because the, the, I, I, I can't remember whether we count the date on that Sunday we started talking or what. But it, whatever. So anyways, I get, the, I get the thing from Match. Somebody, somebody looked at your profile. And I'm like, oh, okay. And the way I would do this, since no one looked at my profile much, if someone did, I would just go and I would say, okay, because it would say somebody age 43 or whatever it was has looked at your profile. I'm like, all right. So I'd go and I'd say, okay, give me a search of everybody that's aged 43 in this area and give me a list. And the list pops up. And the last person that had been on Match.com that looked at my profile was my ex-wife. <laughs> and Match said, we had a 92% match. We were perfect for each other. And I was like, oh, you've got to be effing kidding me. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to delete this. And then a few hours later, I get ding. Let's see, what is it, You know, uh, X years old person looked at you from the town that she lives in. And I'm like, huh. So I looked at it and uh, I'm like, I did the same thing. I did the search and I was like, oh, wow, there's only one person that's been online in the last 12 hours. So <laughs> it had to be this person. Looked at the profile and I'm like, wow, I really like this person. We actually met up the next day, and pretty much we have talked almost every day, been together. I mean, we don't live together, but ever since then. And then I promptly deleted (laughs) match.com. So it's kind of funny because I, I tell you know, I don't like online dating, but technically that's how Debbie and I met. So what do you guys think of that story? Oh, wow, a lot of people tuned off. My, my, my numbers went down, <laughs> so maybe not everybody's interested in that story. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hopefully that was fun. All right, let me see if Gamer Christina said anything when I was saying, saying that. I, ho- I hope that was helpful, what I was talking about. Uh, the only other thing I will just throw up there um, that's kind of rough for, for women is there is that st- you know, if a guy doesn't have custody, it's easy to, to play it out and say, you know, oh, toxic ex you know, won't let me, you know, won't let me see my kids and blah, blah, blah. And everyone just kind of believes that because that's kind of the normal, the normal scenario. But for, uh, for women, it's a lot tougher. Personally, I would say, honestly, uh, you know, that is a conversation that you should be happening, not on date one right and you see- when you're talking about not getting a second date i wouldn't be i would not be talking if you are going to a, a thing and you're talking about everything that's happening with you, then that's probably not such a good thing um I mean I get it's part of your life and stuff like that um but I would downplay it I just wouldn't bring it up you know I mean don't lie i mean like if i was i mean I don't ever want to date again. So um, anyways, I just, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, you, 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 need to focus on the two, you know, meeting the new person, kind of understanding who they are and going from there. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Up your food game says Debbie, typical dude is not knowing the dates, your man, uh, your anniversary is on his birthday. Oh, that's cool. Now, I'm, I'm so bad with that. Um, I literally put everything in my phone. That's why I, I, so I could, normally, I have, a, uh, I have an app to, like, I, honestly, I, I don't remember how long I've been divorced. I literally have to, oh, I got the phone line up. Um, I literally have an app on my phone that tracks it so it show, tells me how long it's been because I, I do not remember. Hell, I could barely remember my kids' birthdays. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I generally, I have it in my phone so I can look it up because it's not, you know, I, I just, my brain doesn't, doesn't track that type of data very well. Anyways, all right. <laughs> Debbie had said, to this Dwayne, Dwayne, to this day, Dwayne still talks. To this day, Dwayne talks down about online dating, but both of us living in really small towns. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. See that, you know, I'm, I'm glad she mentioned that. Let me just throw this other thing out there. I went through a phase where I was convinced that I lived. I do live in a small town and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And everyone in this area, if you live out here, you know, a lot of people kind of look down at people like, oh, wow, you live out there. And it makes, to me, in my mind, it was like, well, no one's going to want to date me because they're going to see me out here. I'm going to, you know, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a red flag. There's going to be all these red flags. And I'm never going to have an opportunity to meet somebody. I, to be perfectly honest, I'm actually grateful for that because I know that had I had an opportunity early on, if I would have met somebody that was the same but worse i absolutely could have seen myself getting into a bad relationship and fortunately because of the scenario i was in i didn't uh, i didn't you know so and the time when it when the time came that debbie and i met i was in a well see i was in a much better place but things actually did really go to crap afterwards because like I was talking about in the past, on the beginning of the show, in the beginning, I put everything in a box. The ex was leaving me alone. I thought my life was getting back on track. I met this great person, Debbie, who respected boundaries, who treated me well. Um, to be honest, that almost ruined the relationship because when I really started seeing that, coupled with the fact that as soon as the ex found out that I was moving on, she started calling child, Department of Child Support Services and screwing with the kids and, and just, I mean, just ramping everything up. Um, all those repressed emotions came crashing back and it was really tough and it nearly destroyed, uh, relationship that I have with Debbie and it was not, (laughs) it was not fun. I mean, that's probably one of my regrets about, I wish I could have met, I wish Debbie and I would have met after I had healed from all of this stuff. So that the trauma and the drama that we went through I mean we still would have went through some because these the toxic people never stop and uh, but it would have immediately gone to using the kids as a triangulation thing, and if we were at a better you know if were, if both of us Debbie and I were farther along on all this stuff, we would have uh been able to to deal with that a lot easier if that makes any sense. I have whole videos about how to deal with that type of stuff. All right, let me see. (laughs) Tim says, a one-horse town with two butchers fighting over the horse. Pretty much. Literally, I think the town when I first was here was like 10,000 people. You know, it's uh, not a lot. I mean, there's no, you know, there was, I think there was one bar I don't drink. Maybe two bars because I think there's a VFW. But, I mean, there's no ways to socialize. Uh, There's nothing going on here. There's no coffee shop. You know, uh, it was just there wasn't really a good opportunity to meet people. I guess if I was, I mean, we do have a lot of churches. But uh, I have had really bad experiences with churches, so I was not interested in that. That's funny. Let's see. i love this djh says most times i don't get a first date because i come out as a record collector first (laughs) you actually collect vinyl djh oh djh record hound okay makes sense god i don't even have it i wonder if i do no the x got all the vinyl i do not have any any records All right. Well, guys, I think we'll wrap this up. I hope that this conversation was helpful and uh, valuable for you. I know that a lot of people struggle with this. It's one of those things that I I, I need to have in the rotation on a reoccurring basis just because it's something that there's always new people coming in who are struggling with this. So, anyways, on that, let's do this. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed this show, this podcast. You can find out more by going to dadsurvivingdivorce.com or looking for Dad Surviving Divorce on YouTube. Or if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to see the podcast, search for Break the Cycle with DSD. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to all of the people who help keep the lights on by... Becoming a channel member and supporting the channel, I really appreciate it. And your every little, every little bit helps. So on that, guys, have a great rest of your day, and I will see you on the next one.